0: Hope is like the sun, which, as we journey toward it, cast a shadow of our burden behind us. Samuel Smiles Welcome, welcome to another episode of Journey to the Mic with yours truly, the one and only Mike Garcia, and I've said over and over that Whenever we have certain interviews, when we have certain discussions, we've pretty much heard it all. We've heard it from another voice actor in terms of their journey. We heard it from a coach, a professional coach, two professional coaches. And I wanted to dive a little bit more behind the scenes. I wanted to, in a way, branch out. And what better way to have a special guest for this podcast episode in the form of writing? Because we all know writing is truly the backbone of everything, whether it comes to movies, films, and yes, even voiceover. Because let's face it, we need our scripts. We need something to read off in order to deliver our performance. So I am honored. I am privileged. I am happy to have one of the greatest people that I've ever met in my life. She is a professional stage actress, a singer, and also a former English teacher but has her own writing business. So you may want to look her up if, you know what? No, no, if, when. You better look her up after this is done. Ladies and gentlemen, the twin sister of (laughs) Gina Scarpa, (laughs) Miss Mia Scarpa. Mia, how are you doing today?
1: Mike thank you so much for having me that cracked me <laughs> up if you have listeners who know my sister Gina Scarpa then you know although we are not really twins we, no, sort of have, no. <laughs> we sort of have like the twin power and we also well we look a lot alike and have some similar personality traits but we, I do think we have that like weird telepathic twin power
0: <laughs> and I forgot is it you that's the oldest or is she the oldest?
1: Gina's older than me by okay. about three a little more than in three years I think is it four? I don't know. She Gina's I... older than me. <laughs> <laughs> Gina's older. But I think our entire lives, even when we were pretty young, people thought I was older. You know, one way that we differ in our personalities is Gina is more um, naturally humorous than I am. I have to, like, work at being funny. And anything funny about me, I've really just copied from her, probably. And I'm very regimented and organized. And so I think people saw, people read that as maybe me being older because I was a little more I don't know, something serious, maybe. And she was more fun. And now now I think we're both fun though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely are. And especially since a lot of people like to equate you from her, but mm-hmm. this is why I wanted you to share your side of the story, to share your side of the story, your story in its entirety. And you know, I know do you do you dabble in voiceover every now and then, or do you stick completely to writing?
1: Well, you know, being a stage actor requires uh, obviously a lot of time and energy. And so as a performer, mostly I've just focused on that. I have like slightly and I do mean slightly dipped my toe into voiceover. Gina coached me a little bit during uh, 2020, like what I call like the true pandemic times, like the darkest, most shut in times. And we even made some demos. I had I had not a wonderful microphone. I had an old US a very old USB microphone of Gina's, but you know, we were trying to put something together. And um, you know, I've done a couple of voiceover auditions in life, but it hasn't really been my focus. And I've really mostly enjoyed writing. And actually in that time during 2020, when Gina was working with me I really wanted to make an animation demo. This is sort of how I discovered Ooh. my my writing my writing ability for voiceover and i wrote I wrote my demo myself, oh um, wow, okay, yeah. and so I used one clip from Disney that was real that existed of uh the Wicked Queen from Snow White, and then all the other clips I just wrote them myself, so when Gina and I got on the mic to record it, she was like. Wait, you wrote these? And I said, <laughs> "Yeah." And she's like, "Well, how did you think of these scenarios?" And I was like, "I don't know. I just thought of them." Like, I did one that was like a sort of like a rambunctious little girl talking to her dog and another one that was like a boy on the playground, like a 12-year-old boy on the playground. I did um like a kindly teacher. You know, I did all these different voices and I I had written it myself. So Gina was like, "I want you to do some writing for me and for my clients because you know, these were great ideas and they just, you know, they kind of came into my head like what's a character type and let me just make up a scenario for that person you know who do I think that character is and then you know it grew from there not only into writing animation demos for her and for her clients but also starting to write commercial demo as well and now I do you know video games, political, you know, all kinds of things, medical narration, e-learning. I write all kinds of clips for Gina's clients at Positive Voices. And what what she'll do is, you know, say, OK, Mia, you know, we have Mike Garcia. Here's a sample of his voice or here's, you know, here's a, an existing demo that he has. And he would like to cut a new demo. I want two video game, you know, clips, two commercial clips and an e-learning clip. And then I'll write them based on some things that Gina has told me about the client based partially maybe on their demos or their existing footage. And also maybe on some things that that client chose themselves. Maybe there are brands that they love. They love, you know, Starbucks, Target and Lululemon. And they love, you know, this certain video game and this cartoon on Nickelodeon. And I'll write them copy in the style of whatever is that brand show or game or whatever it may be
0: i'm just thinking in my head how is it possible disney has not contacted you right now to write for them because they need people like you oh my goodness like you That's pretty so much nice, described Mike. you pretty much described the entire process of what a storyteller truly is Thank or what you. they're supposed to do
1: yeah, thank you so much for saying that. You know, I think that our experiences in live theater have really helped me develop my writing skills quite a bit. As maybe some of your listeners may know, if they know Gina, we grew up in a theater family. Our parents directed live theater in our hometown of Shelton, Connecticut for 43 years. And mm. we were exposed to lots of different kinds of plays and musicals, watching our parents direct. And then when we were were adults, we started directing. Gina and I collaborated together as directors for many years and had a lot of fun doing that as well. So we already, you know, Gina and I already had kind of an established professional working relationship as well as our family relationship. So, you know, working in theater and working in voiceover have really gone hand in hand. But I do think that those experiences in the theater obviously, I think it's clear how that would develop a person's acting skills, but I sort of accidentally discovered maybe that it helped me develop my writing skills as well. I used to say that I was only an academic writer and not really a creative writer, but working in voiceover with Gina has opened up the kind of creative side of my writing. And I think drawing on character inspiration from lots of plays and musicals for many, many, many years. And I think just exposure to different things. I learn a lot from Gina because she loves video games, for instance. So she'll send me, you know, lots of different clips of audio of video games. And I'm sort of learning the different styles because it's a great passion of hers. And Mm -hmm. also it's very important in the world of voiceover to be familiar with the different genres. So I feel like Every day I develop those skills a little bit more. Naturally, my background as an English teacher <laughs> also helps, you know, I have this sort of, you know, academic side that that probably any great writer might need. But yeah, the creative part of it actually really came to life when I started working with her in voiceover a few years ago.
0: Now, with all of these amazing gifts that you have and the fact that you've been working with Gina not only as you just said a working family established relationship. Have you actually thought about writing for yourself in terms of performing and acting? Or is it more if someone else from a third party hits you with their ideas and then you do it for them? Because I know know sometimes certain people have a hard time of distinguishing themselves from others.
1: Yeah. I'm actually glad you asked that. And I, I have a wonderful roommate who went to the same college as me. His name is, I'm going to name him because he's awesome. Um, His name is Michael <laughs> Witkiss. He's also a drag queen and his drag name is pink pancake. If anybody wants to check okay. him out on Instagram and he's just a wonderful creative person. And I, we have kind of this really happy home life because he's just a very intrinsically motivated, creative guy. And he does quite a bit of writing uh, for himself. He has a very successful web series called Interested In, which he wrote, produced, and starred in, and it has two seasons. And so he's he's very comfortable creating material and work for himself. And we often talk about how I'm maybe a little too rigid about the ways in which I seek out success as an actor. Interesting. Like I'm a real I'm a real rule follower, you know. So. I'm not somebody who sees like, well, if the door is closed, you could go in through the window. I'm trying to, <laughs> but being around, you know, being around people like my sister Gina or my roommate Michael it helps me with that because they are naturally that way. They see like, what are the other ways that I can find some success or the other ways I can showcase my talents and abilities. So actually, I would say in the last year or so, I have become more open to creating work for myself. And (laughs) Michael and I create New Year's resolutions every year, but they're not traditional New Year's resolutions. Like we're not like go to the gym every day or, you know, you know, wake up at seven and start the day with the sun. Our New Year's resolutions are about, you know, bettering ourselves as people and just sort of self-improvement overall. A lot of them have to do with our wellness and a lot of them have to do with our creativity. So this year I have one that says to create a vehicle for myself, write something to showcase myself as an actor or a singer in some way. So I don't know what that will be yet, but I would say I've only recently become kind of open to writing work For me to (laughs) to actually perform (laughs) in a public way.
0: (laughs) You know, what? I'm actually glad that you spoke so highly of, you know, your friend, Michael, and not only with Gina for yourself, but the fact that a lot of people, whenever they work with others, it is important to find that person that you can connect with to bounce ideas from each other. And, you know, maybe your experiences can influence them and vice versa. So. Then we come into these moments where I think they're called either dry spells or writer's block. How do you personally Mm. deal with that?
1: Yeah, you know, writer's block is really challenging when Gina has a deadline, for instance, or if she has a client that is going to be recording a demo, let's say. So let's say Gina has a client and they're going to be doing a demo. She's going to be producing it and coaching them on it. And I'm going to be doing the copywriting for it. You know, sometimes it's like I am meeting with that person on Friday. You've got to get these scripts to me by then. Now, Gina, my sister is wonderful and she's also very flexible. So she'll say like, if you get stuck, I'll, I can all, you know, my sister is also (laughs) a wonderful writer. I don't know if people know that. Part of the reason that I do a lot of writing for her isn't because she can't do it. It's just because it helps her manage her time so she can spend it on other things. With other things, yes. Yeah, yeah. But Gina's also a wonderful, writer and very creative. So I don't have to worry too, too much about writer's block because if I'm writing for a genre that I feel less like confident or excited about, or, or just, I don't know, maybe like I'm feeling a little bit burnt out, a lot of the time Gina will be like, Well, I'll just write the one that you're struggling with. But for as a personal challenge, I really like to be able to finish everything myself. So when I have, because I do sometimes have writer's block, yeah, it manifests itself in maybe in a brand that I feel like I've exhausted. So for instance, maybe if in the last year I wrote 20 different Target commercials or Target style commercials, you know, something like that, then I'm like, what else can I say about (laughs) a brand like Target, right? Or whatever it may be, a coffee brand, you know, like what else can be said about it? So sometimes that happens. It also happens sometimes when I'm writing people's websites. You know, one of the services that I offer is to write copy for people's websites. And you know that, Mike, because you and I worked a little bit on your website some months ago. So I've written some websites for voiceover actors and occasionally I get writer's block because it's this—it's the same kind of thing. You say like, all right, well, I don't want to write the same thing about commercial voiceover on this person's page that I wrote on this other person's page. It's really important to me that people feel like they're getting unique copy from me, that they're getting, you know, either a demo clip or website copy that is you know, their own, that Mm -hmm. they can have some ownership over it and feel like it is representing them as a voice actor or whatever they do. I write for lots of different kinds of people, not just voice actors, but I do quite a bit of work with voice actors. So when I have writer's block, I mean, I guess the obvious stuff, you know, I have to walk away. (laughs) I have to walk (laughs) away and come back to it. But for me, I, I really immerse myself in listening to existing whatever commercials, games, you know. E learning, whatever I'm writing, to listen to lots of different samples that already exist. So I'll spend a lot of time on YouTube or iSpot and just listen to commercials like over and over again until something sparks, you know, something in my brain to say, like, all right. The brand identity seems to be like this now. And I try to have everything be as current as possible, too. And I've noticed a lot of changes, especially in commercial voiceover. I've noticed a lot of changes in the brand identities. So, you know, a Starbucks commercial, for instance, in 2020 is very different than a Starbucks commercial now. Right. There was that Mm -hmm, sort of like, you know, there was sort of that COVID times There was like a seriousness to a lot of different commercial brands, and now things are a little bit more like peppy and upbeat and, you know, people getting back to life, so to speak. So I need to make sure that my writing aligns with the way different kinds of products have updated their brand identities. And when I have writer's block, I just have to listen, 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 listen until I'm kind of inspired. And actually now thinking about the question even more mm-hmm. I can I can also relate it to my life in the theater and I bet you, Gina, would agree with this you know one of our tasks when we were directing theater was choreographing dance for big musicals and I often felt I don't know what to call it dancers block when I was making new dances <laughs> And in that case, I found it helpful to listen to the music on repeat and actually walk, like go walking around the neighborhood. And I had to be in motion to break my, you know, writer's block on creating dances. I don't know why that was. I couldn't do it if I was like sitting at a desk with a notebook. I kind of had to move around and just be walking. And so, you know, now I'm thinking, "Mm, maybe if I go for maybe if I go for a walk when I have writer's block and listen to commercials or animation copy or whatever, it might help me break that writer's block because it does happen for sure.
0: I just have to ask real quick, like, I know that you've written for so many things. Have you also written for music? Have you written for like other forms of genres that absolutely needs writing? Or has it just been in the most acting, performing type of thing?
1: Yeah, it's mostly just been in those areas. You know, certainly, I mean, I've written things like I spent a little bit of time some years ago writing articles and stuff like that. I was sort of freelancing a little bit, writing articles. But that all felt very academic, you know, which it is the way my brain works. But but yeah, I mean, I've, I've been very consistently writing mostly now for either creative things or for my writing business in which I offer lots of different services. Like I said, I do website copywriting. I tutor high school students. And I also do things like help people with their resumes and cover letters. So mm-hmm. I do quite a bit of that, and sometimes people just literally like hire me to write their cover letter <laughs> rather than help help them <laughs> write their cover letter. A lot of a lot of adulter kind of have some. I don't even mean this in a bad way, but have some resistance to creating their application materials for new jobs. And I think that there's not a lot of good training out there for that. So when people look up workshops or watch YouTube videos, they're kind of getting the same bland information about how to create a good resume and a good cover letter. And I guess the same could be said for I help students. These I don't write. They have to write them themselves. But I help them with college admissions essays, graduate school candidates with their statements of purpose. So I have my hand in a lot of different kinds of writing. And sometimes I'm doing all the writing myself. And sometimes I'm coaching a client to be able to write it with some support. So not only tutoring kids, but also working with adults to develop their own writing skills.
0: You know, the more that you describe your work ethic, the more you're pretty much an inspiration to many people, especially when it comes to the writing factor, because as I said, and we're going to keep repeating this, it's so important. Now, has there ever been a point for you personally where you've just been completely burned out with writing? The old saying, too much of one thing is never a good thing, especially when it comes to our careers. Um, Have you ever been burned out where you're like, nope, nope. If I see one more piece of paper, if I see one more book, Gina or mom or someone, I'm going to jump off somewhere.
1: No. Well, I don't know. I mean, yes, I guess some. I would say, you know, sometimes at the end of a work week, sometimes I get to Friday and the idea of writing feels impossible. Or I guess I just kind of hit like a slow spell. Like Gina and I often work on blogs for her website and we sort of collaborate to do those and like if it's Friday sometimes I'll say to her I have got to finish this Monday like I just can't (laughs) go on and you know I I can't say enough about how wonderful Gina is as a sister but also as a boss you know I I always tell her she I call her a very a very nice boss lady you know she she's so flexible you know I mean everything gets done and I'm conscientious so I think she trusts that it will it will get done but never do I ever feel pressed from her like I never feel like she's chasing me for anything or like if something is really truly a priority, she'll communicate that it is and say, I, "I really need this, you know, by this time." But she always follows it with. And if that's not possible, just let me know, and I'll find a way to get it done myself. you know, and I you know, i'm I'm pretty much always able to do it. But I think the communication between us is sort of a special and rare thing that's partially because we have the twin power and partially <laughs> just because i I really do think for our entire adult lives, we have had a working relationship, and that's not really true of every family. It's true, you know, it's true of our parents too. Our dad is a novelist and is currently working on his second novel, and I'm oh, the congrats. editor. I'm the editor of his books, and he and I also have a great working relationship. But again, it comes from our work in the theater, where he and I directed many plays together. Just as Gina and I directed many times together. You know, we all in our family are are sort of used to having both the close family relationship, that kind of, you know... We're a typical Italian family from the Valley in Connecticut. You know, we have that closeness, but we also know how to shift gears into professional mode. And for me, it's it's actually really, really fun. I love working with Gina. I was so, so happy when she brought me on board to work for Positive Voices and to be her personal assistant as a voiceover artist, because for two reasons. One, it's fun. And two, it meant that she had reached a level of success in which she needed an assistant, right? There was a time where she neither needed one or maybe didn't feel she could afford to have one or or I don't, you know, and now she's really she's reached a certain level of success. That means that bringing another person on board helps her get other things done. So. I get really excited when she books a gig or has, you know, something special featured, like maybe if she's on a podcast or interviewed for an article, because I feel now like I'm I'm part of it. You know, I kind of like help help the process along. And we have been each other's cheerleaders, well, forever, but especially in our adult life with her pursuing voiceover and me pursuing live theater. As you were sort of indicating before, Mike, you need people in your life who will boost you up and kind of help you when things are not going very well and celebrate you when things are going well. And I know I can always count on Gina for that. You know it because of your involvement in Positively VoiceOver. You know, Gina, her whole platform is positivity, right? It's not only the name of her business, but it's also the way that she walks through the world. She is someone who knows how to bounce back from setbacks. And so I really learn resilience from her, from being her little sister and also from working with her professionally, because we all need to be resilient in our personal lives and in our professional lives. The two really do go hand in hand. So I love being a member of the Positive Voices team. It's It's been so fun.
0: You're essentially the Fantastic Four. <laughs> of voiceover just to think about it with you and gina and your dad writing a novel congrats to him by the way and your mom being a voice actress himself yeah it's amazing i want to circle back just a little bit on your personal journey what got you into stage acting what was like what made it's calling for you or mm-hmm. vice versa yeah, You know what? You know what? I'm yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good. It is a good question. You know, growing up in the theater and I for the listeners just to really paint a picture, you know, when Gina and I were little, very little girls. I mean, even to being like babies and toddlers, you know, we were like in a playpen at rehearsal, you know, a lot of the time. And so we were immersed immediately immersed in, you know, great scores of classic musicals from, you know, Literally the the moment, I mean, before we were even born, you know, like in the womb, we were hearing, you know, this amazing musical theater music and it wasn't just our immediate family on my dad's side of the family, his brother, my late uncle was a musician and his kids were involved in theater. And then on my mom's side, they were all involved in theater. My mom comes from an opera family, so she also grew up immersed in the arts. So we were very, we were very, very immersed in it. Music, dance, acting, right? I mean, our entire lives. And we, we did it as soon as we were old enough to be on the stage, we were on the stage. And, um, there's a great story when I'm a little, I'm about four, or th- maybe three, I don't know. And Gina was old enough to be in one of my parents' shows, and I wasn't old enough yet, or they didn't feel I was. Old. I mean, I was, a, I was like a toddler. Now. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to put a three or four year old on the stage, I suppose. But you know, Gina was in the show, and the show was this particular show was being performed in the theater at the high school where my dad taught, and where Gina and I ended up going ourselves. And there were these big trophy cases out in the hallway outside of the theater space, and I was like. Curled up under the trophy cases, like crying my eyes out, you know, crying my eyes out because I wanted to be in the show. And I was, you know, my mother is like, Mia, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, you know, Gina's old enough to be in the show. How come I'm not old enough to Aww. be in the show? And I was like, you know, Gina's three years older than you. <laughs> like, she's ready, <laughs> you know. And I was distraught. You know, I I really, really want. And then, of course, a year later, I think they did let me go on stage. And I really I always loved it. But I guess because we grew up in it, I wasn't always thinking I was going to be an actor. I think I was really like a teenager, I think, when I knew I wanted to do it professionally. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you know, I was very, very immersed in ballet. I danced at a pre-professional ballet school in Connecticut, And I was there six days a week. I mean, it was very, very intensive. And, you know, I went to college for theater. But when I got out of college, I actually really struggled a lot. My first few years on the audition circuit were really challenging. I think for me, it was... I don't know what, maybe like an identity crisis or something. I think I was trying to fit myself into a box, you know, as a a lot of theater actors often feel that way because it is a visual medium. The way we look has a lot to do with how we're cast, how old, you know, how old we are, even how tall or short we are, things like that. All the all these things come into play. And so I really struggled in the beginning in my early 20s. And I actually left professional acting for seven years. Um, And yeah, during that time, I well, I worked at my parents theater. I went to grad school and got my master's degree in secondary English education. And I taught in three public schools in the state of Connecticut. And ultimately, I kind of had like an aha or light bulb moment of some kind in 2014, where I I realized I really, although I I love teaching and I love working with kids, that I didn't want to be a full time teacher, and that really my heart was in acting. And it took me a little bit to get back to it, but I was I was back to it by 2015 by some lovely twists of fate, and I moved to New York in 2018 and have lived here ever since. And, you know, theater is a is a field that has highs and lows, but it always feels very right to me. It's a lifestyle that I enjoy. I like that you meet new people all the time. Every time you do a new show, you're meeting a whole new group of people. It requires a lot of hustle and a lot of focus. You know, you have to take incredible care of yourself because in order to compete, your body really needs to be in top form. Absolutely. Yeah, hallelujah
0: to that. Yes. Yeah,
1: your voice needs to be healthy. And so, you know, even in uh, Gina's Positively VoiceOver group, we have a section of our Discord that, of course, Mike, you know about our tips of the day and our questions of the day. And a lot of times our tips of the day have to do with vocal health. You know, what can we all be doing as voice actors or stage actors? Or we have some on-camera people as well. What can we all be doing to take better care of our voices? And so, you know, these are the kind of priorities that come along with being an actor, whatever genre you're in and whatever medium you you work in. So, yeah, that was sort of a maybe a little bit of a roundabout answer. But that's kind of how, <laughs> you know, my the way that I decided to become a professional actor sort of evolved over time. You know, it was a, definitely a journey.
0: And what a journey has been, because I can't I can't stress enough of how I now admire you so much with your work ethic and the fact that you have an awesome family and the working relationship and everything like for the listeners listening to this. If you are not moved by this and it's not making you motivated to go harder than ever before, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you.
1: (laughs) That's so nice, Mike. Thank you. And you know, it's, you've been so great and so supportive of our work and we're always excited to see you in our classes, in our workshops, in the group. And and I was so honored that you wanted me to be on your podcast. And actually, now that I think about it, I think this is the first podcast I've ever been on in my entire Real? life. Oh, wow. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I You're not so. just saying that, are you? <laughs> no, no. I'm And I've been really looking <laughs> forward to it, you know, and I actually feel like a voice actor right now since I am in uh, a friend's voiceover booth to do this podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's
0: amazing. I don't have I, I one. I am so. so honored now. Yeah.
1: That, well, I'm honored. Thank you so so much. It's been really great getting to know you through voiceover and and kind of get to know your work and a little bit about you and your background as well.
0: Absolutely. I know we only have a few minutes left, but I have to ask you this before we go. What would you say are your major goals right now to achieve? Is it writing a book? Is it, you know, maybe writing a movie, uh, writing a new voiceover? Like what, what what are your main goals as of right now?
1: Okay, there's there's a few, but we'll we'll try to narrow them down. I mean, I think professionally as a stage actor, you know, I would like to be able to obviously be in a Broadway musical. And also I'm interested in starting to explore screen acting as well. That would be something new for me, getting more involved in film and television when it comes to the voiceover world, I do sort of have this like quiet dream that I actually don't really talk about that much. But hey, let's do it very publicly on a podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm really interested in writing maybe a show for Disney or Nick Jr. in that style, probably like early childhood education, maybe in the style of Daniel Tiger or Bubble Guppies, okay. um, if people if listeners know those shows and have kids. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I guess as a writer, I mean, I really enjoy my editing work with my Dad, so I already feel like I'm sort of fulfilling a dream, also a dream that maybe I didn't really know I had. I, I love our our work together in that, but I sometimes have ideas about maybe books that I might write. But I think again, I'm interested in writing for kids. I think because of my connection with teaching and so on and so forth, and our experiences with kids over the years in theater, I really would like to create some content for children.
0: By you explaining everything, I really hope that you do achieve your goals you've worked extremely hard to get to where you are now. And trust me, I, as well as many of the listeners to this right now are pulling for you, rooting for you. And I really hope that that does come true. I sincerely mean that.
1: That's so nice, Mike. Thank you. And like I said, you're always so supportive of our work. And, you know, We both, Gina and I both, really appreciate that so, so much. And that's definitely not lost on us. And we know we can always count on you to be cheering us on when we're doing our work, as well as we are cheering you on, too.
0: Absolutely. Disney.
1: There's not a person right here. Come on, <laughs> come on,
0: pick up the phone. Speaking of phone, how can people reach you if they need, if they need to acquire your services?
1: Okay, well, if they're looking for my writing business on Instagram, they can find me at Writing with One Hundred and One writing with Mia, like my name, writing with Mia 101. And my website is, I think it's just writingwithmia.com. Sometimes I, let me just double check. (laughs) Well, that's the 101. So it's got the 101 on Instagram, but it doesn't have the 101 on my website, writingwithmia.com. That's how they can find me.
0: Writingwithmia.com. Folks, you've heard it here that if you need Anything that has to do with writing, anything at all, if you need your story to be told
1: and shared
0: <laughs> and written, Mia, Gina, her, their dad, they are there for you. The Fantastic Four of voiceover. <laughs> Screw it. Trademarking that right now. I'm going to put, that, know, on. I'm gonna put that on Facebook. Watch. <laughs>
1: you You need to be our new manager, Mike.
0: Oh, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> well mia thank you so much for being part of this podcast once again i've learned so much from you and as i said i am rooting for you to go all the way
1: thank you mike it's been so much fun talking to you and thank you again for having me
0: and for the listeners you've heard it here that when it comes to your personal journey just remember their journey is just beginning